Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Father. So today I wanted to talk about wisdom for the journey. And the truth that I'm going to present today is something that is applicable for practical things. So whether it's business, whether it's uh, uh, relational things, whether it's uh, conflict resolution, um, or if it's financial, but it's also can be applied to spiritual things whether it's focus, intentionality with your walk with God, greater levels of Christ-like maturity, deeper hunger for things of God and his word, and manifesting Christ to those around you. So my hope for today is that when you walk out of this building, you will view your circumstance differently. And not only that, I hope that you walk out of this place with keys to unlock wisdom for your journey. Are you guys ready to get into it? Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull, say dull, and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength, say strength, but wisdom, say wisdom, to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. Seems pretty practical to me. That if you don't sharpen your axe, you're going to have to put more effort to get the job done. Now, one thing that's unique about an axe is that over time, it will lose its effectiveness if it's not sharpened. It's not like a hammer or a wrench. You know, there's some mechanics probably... Uh, Scott can attest to, it, attest to this. How, what's the oldest tool that you have? Oh. Okay, before time. All right. So, I don't know, 20, 30 years. And if it's used correctly, right, it's still effective, correct? But an axe is different, right? An axe is when you use it, you're going to have to maintain it. So obviously, the more you use it, the more it requires sharpening, the more it requires maintenance, okay? So some of you, God has given you axes axes as a tool to do your job, but maybe we haven't been effective enough because we haven't sharpened them. It's It's important to point out that it didn't say the job won't get done. It simply stated that it would require more strength, effort to accomplish it. What did it say? Help him have success with less effort. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good, right? That sounds pretty good. But some of us can be pretty stubborn. And we're going to cut down that tree no matter what. (laughs) 
A dull axe has the potential to chop down a tree, but it will require more effort and strength to accomplish it. Another thing that you need to consider is why would the axe be dull? Because you used it. Are you guys getting this? I believe that God has given many of you axes as tools. And the reason they're dull isn't because you did something wrong. It's because you used it. So it's important to point out, because a dull axe reveals past effectiveness, but it also reveals the present struggle. How many of you guys have situations in your life that say, well, this used to work. Doesn't anymore. Man, I used to do this and this was so easy, but now it's so difficult. Maybe you have a dull axe. Can we go back to that scripture verse again? If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, whose responsibility is it to sharpen? Okay. Then he must exert more strength, but wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. Remember, it didn't say it wouldn't get done. It just will be a lot harder and a lot more strength is required to accomplish it. Many of you can relate to this discouragement. Maybe some of you even question whether or not to abandon the task completely. But could it be that your axe needs sharpened? See, this, I mean, all sermons are like this, but this sermon especially is important to partner with the Holy Spirit. To say, does this apply to me? And if it does, what area of my life or what tool am I using? What, what particular situation do I need to sharpen my axe? Could it be that you're doing the right thing, but you haven't taken time for wisdom? Like I said before, a dull axe does not reveal wrongdoing. It actually reveals that you were doing something. And it was effective at one point. But whose responsibility is it to sharpen the axe? Ours. Now, guess what? You can chop down a tree with a dull hair. axe. Go ahead. Go ahead. No one's stopping you. But I like the part that says, this will help him succeed with less effort. I think this comes from a religious mindset, but sometimes we just think things have to be hard for them to be good. <laughs> but wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him, helps him succeed with less effort. What does this tell us about wisdom? That wisdom will prolong your effectiveness. If you have any type of experience chopping down a tree, whether the blade is dull or sharp, it's hard work. So this verse is not saying it's not going to be hard work, okay? The things that God has called you to do, sometimes it's going to be difficult, right? 
But do you want to do it with a dull axe? So I'm not suggesting that wisdom is the way to escape hard work. What I'm suggesting is that without fresh wisdom for a task, we could be exerting more strength than what is necessary. But like I said, religious thinking says, look at how much I care. Because look at how hard I'm working. And a kid comes up and is like, Dad, why don't you sharpen the axe? I don't understand. But son, this is how it's done. (laughs) Many of us have been relying solely on effort, our strength and our passion to accomplish what the Lord has called us to do. The truth is passion will get the job done even with a dull axe. Actually, passion will keep you sacrificing into the middle of the night, chopping down trees to get the job done. Because I have passion for this work. Passion. Well, do you want to be effective? Come on. You see, your passion and your level of sacrifice are synonymous. If you are passionate for something, you will sacrifice for it. But what happens if we added wisdom to passion? You can be passionate about it and have success with less effort. I'm just preaching to me today. I don't know about you. The more passion you have for something, the more you're willing to sacrifice for it. The problem with this is we can romanticize our passion which in turn blinds us from the possibility that through wisdom, there is an easier, more effective way to accomplish it. Come on. So in order for us to take, to make this shift or to take off the blinders, we have to be willing to challenge our mindsets. I find that many people who are exhausted, worn out, uh, fed up, are stuck in the belief that they are doing the best that they can, which is code for This is how it should be done. This is how I'm going to do it. This is the way it should be done. This is how it's always been done. This is what's worked before. None of that leaves room for wisdom. But you will never open yourself up to wisdom if you are stuck in your ways of thinking. Come on. This is encouraging. I don't know about you. I believe that God is leading us into a season where he's requiring us to look through the lens of his wisdom, not just through the lens of our passion. Don't get me wrong. I believe that passion is important, but it must be coupled with wisdom if we want to have a prolonged effectiveness in your world. Do you just want to be a flash in the pan? Or do you want to have prolonged effectiveness? And sometimes prolonged effectiveness might be doing something a little differently. It's kind of like when the Israelites went into their promised land. Guess what dried up? God's supply of manna. What happens if they kept on going out every day to get it? They would have starved. 
But I love in that verse, it actually talks about that God let the Israelites taste the crops of the promised land before he stopped the manna. Talk about the goodness of God. But it's also the goodness of God to stop sending the manna. All righty. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. So here's some, I have some questions for you. And when I ask these questions, I really want you to partner with the Holy Spirit, because like I said, it's important that as I'm speaking, you're open to hearing what he's saying as well. So the first question is, whatever situation you may be in, but how effective are my swings? Is there noticeable progress when I swing my axe? Maybe in the beginning, yeah, I was seeing progress. I was seeing effectiveness. But over time, it became less and less. Could it be that you need to sharpen your axe? But what is sharpening your axe? Seeking wisdom, okay? Now, here's another question. Let's say you could step outside your body and see yourself working. Would you be exerting more strength needed, needed to finish the tax? So if you could look at yourself and, and see yourself, man, you're working harder than what you should be. Remember, you're not looking through the lens of your passion but through the lens of his wisdom. Because passion will minimize your suffering and call it noble. Your passion will minimize your suffering and call it noble. So when you look at yourself, don't look through the lens of your passion. Look through the lens of his wisdom. Have you ever seen someone working harder than they should have been? for something. But see, what passion does is look at how much I care. Look at how much I'm willing to suffer. Look at the pain that I go through to make this great thing happen. But wisdom to sharpen the ax helps him succeed with less effort. Remember I said, hey, if you've ever cut down a tree even with a sharp ax, is that easy work? No, it's not easy work. So I'm not saying that, I'm not preaching a sermon that says, oh, it's just gonna be flowers and all this stuff. I'm saying it's hard work, but it's gonna be, well, the scripture says ax, not chainsaw, okay? All right. All right. All right. I get it. As long as we don't have a, well, I won't say that. No, no, I was thinking something else. It wasn't sanctified, so let's move on. 
the next question that I have is, do my actions cut deep or do I bounce from idea to idea? Because when you have a dull axe, when you hit it, it doesn't cut, right? It just bounces back. See, a dull axe doesn't have the ability to cut deep. Most of its effectiveness is on the surface. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, maybe this will work, or how about this idea? But nothing seems to be effective. Here's another question for you. Are the things that I'm called to accomplish wearing me out? Are the things that I'm called to accomplish wearing me out? See, being tired and being worn out are two completely different things. Being tired is the result of hard work, but with the satisfaction of a job well done or job accomplished. Have you ever worked a long day and, well, let's say, cutting your lawn and it was a hot day and you sit on the porch with a nice cold glass of water or whatever with ice, got to have ice, and you look at your finished work. (laughs) Right? You might be tired, but it's with the satisfaction of a job done or job finished. But being wore out is is the result of hard work but with the dissatisfaction of a task incomplete, stifled fruit, stagnant movement, and lack of effectiveness. Both are hard work, but one is effective and the other one is not. The cool thing about this is is that the Holy Spirit is speaking something different to every one of you and is applying to different situations in your life, which I... feel like is really awesome, really cool. I believe that many of you can relate to this. Many of you have been doing the right things but haven't experienced an effectiveness to your effort. Here's a beautiful thing, James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Can you imagine if we just partner our passion Our willingness to sacrifice with wisdom. Oh boy, watch out world. It would protect us from burnout. It would instill in us a fulfillment of a job well done. It would promote momentum rather than stagnation. So now that I stated the importance of sharpening your axe, how do you do that? So I'm going to give you Three elements that you need to sharpen your axe. The first one, say with me, is knowledge. Second one is understanding. The third one is wisdom. Now, all these words are mentioned separately throughout the scripture, but they're interrelated. They're distinctive as well as blended together. The best example that I can give for this is, uh, imagine a rainbow, not a cartoon rainbow, How many of you know what a cartoon rainbow is? You have one color, and then there's a hard break, and then there's another color. Well, maybe it's clip art, clip art rainbow, right? And and there's these hard, fast lines. But in nature, when you look at a rainbow, 
one color is kind of blended into the other one and then blended into the other. There's no hard or fast lines, right? So that's kind of how these words are used in scripture verse. Yes, they're distinctive. They have different colors, but they're blended together. And that's why you can see in scripture where they'll be used. Uh, well, let me just give you an example of it. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, which one is it? Knowledge or wisdom? Well, both, right? And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Do you see how all three work together? So now, now that I pointed out that they're very similar, let me give you some of the ways that they're unique. Now, obviously, this is in, I'm kind of painting with broad strokes here. But knowledge in its most basic form is gathering and familiarization of facts. And facts are, represent a statement of truth. So that could be a true person, a true event, a true concept, a true assessment, true information. But it also refers to learning or the process of expanding the mind. So knowledge is the gathering and the familiarization of facts, and facts are statements of truth. So as you read scripture, you're growing in knowledge because you're reading the truth. Okay, are you guys getting this? So knowledge is the gathering and familiarization of facts. So understanding in its most basic form is is the correct organization and ordering of related facts and truth. This is why teaching is so important. So understanding enables you to connect the, dot, connect the dots between the facts. The best example I can give of this, um, do, you, do you guys remember, well, I guess they're still out there, but those dot drawings, those number drawings? And all it is is these dots on the page, but they're numbered, and then you start at one, and then you start connecting the dots. And then as you connect the dots, what happens? The picture, you start seeing the big picture. That's what understanding is. You get, your facts might be all jumbled up, but understanding is able to piece them together and show you the big picture. Are you guys seeing this? This is why teachers are so important. This is why the teaching of the Holy Spirit is so important. It's not just filling yourself with knowledge, but it, how do they fit together? And the third one is wisdom. In its most basic, most basic sense, it is the practical application of correct knowledge and understanding. I'm going to say that. Correct knowledge and correct understanding. So it's the revealed ability to make wise choices. What does that mean? Knowing what to do, how to do it, how to say it, when to say it, should you say it, when do I do it, who do I do it with? Are you guys following this? That's why you need wisdom. But do you see how it's, it will be hard to walk in wisdom if you don't have all the facts? And it would be really hard to walk in wisdom if you can't see the big picture. Do you see, how, see why they're connected together? 
Let's look at an example how Jesus applied these three basic truths during his ministry on earth. Mark 4.2. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. So Jesus was teaching truths about the kingdom of God. In this case, it was the parable of the sower. But one thing I want to point out is, who was he preaching it to? A large crowd, to the public, right? So everyone received the basic, knowledgeable facts, truth of his teaching. And then in verse 10, Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. Are you guys seeing this? They all had the basic knowledge of it. They, they heard what he said, but then the disciples said, what does it mean? Can you give me understanding of what these things mean? Okay. Jesus now brings understanding to the parable. He explains what the seeds and the soil and the birds of the air symbolize, etc., etc., etc. Now from that place of understanding, they could respond and walk in divine wisdom. See, everybody got the same facts. But it was the 12 and some others that asked for deeper understanding. And then from that place, then they could walk out true divine wisdom. So knowledge or statements of truth will never lead to wisdom if there's not understanding. This is where it's going to get real good. Pap's nervous, I think. You shouldn't be nervous. It's only scripture. Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly but the mouth of fools pours out forth foolishness. Knowledge will never lead to wisdom if there's not understanding. This verse is really social media in a nutshell. There's a lot of facts being spouted out, but not much wisdom or not even much understanding. So what is this verse saying? You can be right, but not walk in wisdom. Say that again. You can be right, but not walk in wisdom. Or another way to say it is, would you rather be right or righteous? Come on. So it takes wisdom to apply truth. That's why I think it's in John where it says, Jesus came, speaking of Jesus, full of grace and truth. Meaning he was 100% grace and 100% truth. Come on. Like you can see when he uh, addresses the woman at the well, he's like, here, drink from the water that I supply. And she's like going back and forth with him. But in that interaction, I want to point out is he was offering a free gift, 
but he still addressed the situation that she was in. Jesus was 100% full of grace and 100% full of truth. In 1 Corinthians, oh, well, I jumped ahead. Could our ineffectiveness be a result of not using our knowledge rightly? Could our ineffectiveness be because we're not using our knowledge correctly? Let's say you're working with someone. Let's say it's a relational thing, and you have the right answer. You know what is true. But it doesn't seem to get through at all. Come on. Could you be ineffective because you're not using knowledge rightly? How do you use knowledge rightly? You need understanding. You need to understand how those, like that drawing, that dot drawing, how these facts fit together, and then you can walk out divine wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 8.1, now about food sacrificed to idols. If you read the New Testament, this was a big deal. This was a big deal. This was in a couple of books, and some people said, you do not eat food offered to idols. You're eating food offered to demons. And then you had another camp that said, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Tastes good to me. So this was an issue. But let's see what Paul has to say about it. We know, knowledge, right? We know that we have all knowledge concerning this. So he's saying we know what truth is in this situation. Knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant. That wasn't me, that was just scripture. So you don't, I mean, you can clap for the Bible. (laughs) I tell you what, the conversations we'll have after this. (laughs) Knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant. The King James says, puffeth up, which I like too as well. But love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom. I don't think I need to give any commentary on that. So I'll read it again. Now about food sacrifice to idols. Remember, this was something that there was plenty of debates about. We know that we have all knowledge concerning this. Knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant, but love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up, encourages others to grow in wisdom. So why would other people grow in wisdom from your love? Because you're walking in wisdom and you're demonstrating wisdom. But knowledge alone puffeth up. Come on. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Say principal thing. 
Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. So wisdom is what we're aiming at. It's the principal thing. Like if you look at a a target, there's a bullseye, right? The bullseye is wisdom. That is what we're aiming at, okay? And then it goes on to say, in all you're getting, what are you getting? You're obtaining knowledge. You're obtaining statements of truth. And then it says, get understanding. In all you're getting of knowledge, get understanding. See how it all fits together. Can you see how these three truths work together? The goal for acquiring knowledge and seeking understanding is to walk in wisdom, and wisdom is what we're aiming for. Wisdom is the bullseye. Ecclesiastes 10:10. If the axe is dull and we don't and we and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. So what does it mean to have wisdom to sharpen the axe? So I want you to look at the situation where you want greater levels of wisdom. And the first thing that you need to ask yourself is, do I have all the truth necessary for the task? Do I have enough knowledge on this? I remember, a while, and it's probably still true now, people are like, you need to invest in stocks and bonds. You need to do that. That's going to set you up. But if I had no idea what I'm doing, that's probably a pretty stupid thing to do. Right? I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just saying if I'm going to do that, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to study it out. I need to get all the facts of the situation. Does this make sense? And so sometimes things that we're called to do leave room for us to investigate. Come on. How many of you have been so upset about something or someone and you came and started talking to them and you're like, oh, I don't have all the facts. See, you're not going to walk in wisdom if you don't have all the facts. Come on. The next thing is, do we have understanding of all the facts to see the big picture? Can I take all the facts that I have and make sense of it? Does this make sense? Does it make sense? Sure. Do you have understanding of what I'm saying? This is why teaching is so important. This is why apprenticeship is so important. Because a lot of people get out of education and they have a bunch of knowledge, but they don't understand how these parts fit together. And once you have the truth and once you have understanding, then you need to find ways to implement it. This truth is applicable for practical things, whether it's business, relationships, financial. How many of you have ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Right? Some people, they have no understanding of financial things at all. And what does he do? He says, here's the truth that you need to know. And in my teaching, I'm going to show you how it all fits together, right? And then you can walk it out. And so this is true for for practical things, but it's especially true for kingdom principles and kingdom life. 
Many people miss out on the full benefits of their salvation because they lack knowledge of it. I'm going to say this again. Many people miss out on the full benefits of their salvation because of their lack of knowledge. See, sometimes people just, well, I said, I said, I asked Jesus in my heart, and now I'm going to heaven, and that's all I need to know. But if you want the full benefits of what Christ offered for us, we need to know and we need to understand. I'm here to tell you, it's not enough to walk. It's not enough to walk in your fullest potential as a son or daughter of the king. Rewind. If you're expecting to get everything you need solely from a 45-minute message on Sunday, it's not enough. It's not enough. These are great to encourage you, kind of point you in the right direction. But to know, you have to take the responsibility to sharpen the ax. Thank you, Father. You have to be willing to dive deep into the truth. And yes, that's the word of God, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. So when I say dive deep into the truth, I'm talking about diving deep into Jesus and knowing him. Not just what he said, but who he is. And you do that through relationship so that you can have an understanding and eventually the wisdom to walk out the truth in this world, walk out the truth, walk out Jesus in this world. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Now the context of this is Jesus is speaking to his, to his disciples. But do we not have the same spirit? And do we not have the same promise? What is the promise? That our helper will teach us in all things. I didn't have to look up what all things mean to know it means all things. So like I said, this truth is yes, practical, but it's a spiritual, like I don't like to divide them as much as we do. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Now, I remember Joe talking about fixing cars, right? And he would say, God, I don't understand or I don't know, and then God would show him, right? See, the Holy Spirit, the helper, will teach us all things and bring things to our remembrance. Bring things to our remembrance. How can we be reminded of things if we don't have knowledge of it? How can we be reminded of things if we don't have knowledge of it? How can you have understanding? How can understanding come if there's not some level of knowledge? Are you guys, like I said, this 45-minute message is not sufficient to know everything that Jesus said. 
You have a responsibility to sharpen your axe. Well, how do we become familiar? You read his word. You have knowledge of what he says. Then the Holy Spirit brings it to your remembrance in time of need. Sometimes you're reading the Bible and you're like, it's good. It's great. I'm not sure I'm getting anything right now. And then you're out in the middle of the grocery store. And then the Holy Spirit drops something in you and say, oh, remember? But how can he remind you? If you haven't put it in. Now, obviously, God is divine. He can tell us things, things that we, we have no knowledge of, right? Words of knowledge, right? But we have a responsibility to know our God. The point that I'm trying to make is simple. You have a responsibility to fill yourself with the knowledge of God. And then from that place, our helper can bring understanding so that we can then walk in the practical application of wisdom in this world. It all comes down to this truth. The embodiment of wisdom is the person of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The embodiment of wisdom is the person of Jesus. Colossians 2, 2 through 3. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Verse 3, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And you could also add understanding. In him lie all the hidden treasures of wisdom, knowledge. Like I said, you could add understanding. So yes, this sermon can be used for practical things. But where it holds the most value is to know and understand and walk in the wisdom of God. To say I only scratched the surface on this topic would be a vast understatement. Wisdom is something that we're encouraged throughout Scripture to pursue like it was a hidden treasure. Wisdom will protect us as well as promote us. Wisdom leads us in total health, spirit, soul, and body. Many people pursue success, but wisdom is what guarantees it. Wisdom helps you govern yourself as well as lead those around you. Wisdom earns favor, etc., etc., etc. And I'll end with this. Wisdom is a worthy pursuit. In verse 3, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your spirit has been communicating your heart to each and every person in this place. Lord, you're directing and you're guiding. You're instilling hope and love and affection. You're speaking peace. Thank you, Father. Lord, you are a worthy pursuit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to 
just take a few moments and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his heart for you or maybe reveal his heart towards a certain circumstance. Because in him lie all the treasures, hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just open our, our ears to hear your voice. Lord, we know that your children hear your voice and they follow you. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that people will walk out of this place with a new perspective on their circumstance. And Lord, I just decree keys to be unlocked or given. Thank you, Father. Lord, it is our desire. Yes, to follow you with passion, but to also walk in the wisdom that you have so freely provided. Let's go to James 1. James 1, 5. And this is my challenge for you for this week. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So the challenge this week is, Whatever you're facing, incline your ear to his voice and ask for wisdom because he has it and he's willing to give it. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.